Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 24-year breast cancer survivor, a certified life coach, and the author of my new book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. And my name is Becky Olson. I'm a four-time, 22-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm a motivational speaker, speaker mentor, and the author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And Sharon and I are also both the co-founders of Breast Friends. And today I'm going to take over that inspirational moment. Um, We had uh, a wonderful experience yesterday. We work in the women's prison here in Oregon and uh, we deliver a self-esteem class um, uh, twice a month. And it is a very rewarding uh, experience for Becky and I, I think. I can speak for you, Becky, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) And... um, Yesterday, we were able to graduate uh, some of our gals that uh, have been with us the last three months in our class. And, you know, what hit me at the end of those classes um, is almost every single one of those ladies wanted to make a difference at some, in some way. They wanted to help the homeless. They wanted to help other people who've had addiction problems. They wanted to help um, rescue animals. Uh, I mean, the gambit really went uh, a long way. And um, I found it fascinating because when we started the class, I don't think they would have said any of those things. And I think it's hard for us to see that we can make a difference when we don't feel good about ourselves. And so when we're talking about self-esteem and setting healthy boundaries for our lives, those things, when those are in place, allow us to then think outside of us and to be able to then help others. And I, so I just, I just wanted to bring that up to, to remind people that sometimes we need to get out of our own heads to be able to to help others and see the bigger picture, uh, Sharon, that is that is so true. And you know, I, I remember this the story yesterday of the the gal who reached out to her father. She hasn't talked to him in a long time, and when he heard her voice, he said the last time he talked to her, she didn't sound anything like she does now. And he told her he loved her, and I mean, she was afraid to reach back to him because of their last few you know conversations. And when I when she ter- told that story, I just started crying because it was. You know, she she kind of let go of all that negative energy that she was holding and reached out and called him, and and it was a blessing. So I, you know, I loved I loved that too. She had the strength and the bravery to do that, and she and she did it, and it was it was pretty amazing. So there are really good things I think that that come from all of that, and just you know, like you like we always say, you can't give what you don't have, and when you feel better about yourself, it's much easier to share that and give that to others too. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for that, that message. That was good. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and and with that, our guest today is Marnie and is it Amselm? Is, it is, is that Amselm, how you correct? 
Oh, Anselm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Marnie um, has been our guest on the show before. Today, we have a new topic with her, finding meaning in the cancer experience. So welcome, Marnie. Nice to have you again. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm very happy to be here. Great. So take a minute and tell our audience a little bit about yourself since uh, they may not have been the same ones that listened to you a couple years ago. (laughs) Well, I'm a clinical psychologist. I am in private practice, but also do consulting with hospitals and organizations as well. Um, My my area of of focus is health psychology, um, and I specialize in working in oncology. So my, my specialty is psychosocial oncology. I help people um, adjust to diagnosis, to to treatment, and certainly make sense of of the process throughout as well. You know, as well as survivorship as well. And um, I work with everyone who's affected by cancer, so that includes caregivers as well. Oh, that's wonderful! Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, how did you get into this field? Oh, when I went to graduate school to to do my research, I um, was looking into um, programs in which I could specialize in studying stress and coping, actually. So mm-hmm. it, I naturally kind of fell into working in, um, in oncology because I, what I found early on is that everybody responds differently. And there's so many things that, that um, go into how, how we cope and how we interpret our experiences. So this is something that that I I connected with um, very early on in my in my graduate training and really wanted to to turn this into what I what, you know my my professional life calling. I love that. And so it wasn't due to a life event in your life. Um, you know, was... I, I honestly think we're all affected by cancer in some way. Yeah, um, yeah so us, true. Much more personally than others. So um, at that time, uh, many, you know, at this point decades ago, um, a, a lot more limited experience with cancer. But, of course, over time, that has, that has changed. Right, right. Um, yeah. It's amazing, yeah. isn't it? How, And I love what you said about everybody really reacts differently to mm-hmm. a cancer diagnosis, treatment, and then getting beyond it. And, uh, and again, I think that's partially um, because of life circumstances. You know, what kind of coping mechanisms do they have in place when this is happening? And, and then, of course, which, uh, which ones do they pick up <laughs> along the road? Absolutely. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are so learning more, beings, and we learn from our experiences. We learn from from those around us, and um, ideally, we will we will take some things with us from all of our experiences. Absolutely. So, Marnie, you work with a lot of of breast cancer patients in your in your practice, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you're talking with them, you know that that what you, considering the topic today, finding meaning in the cancer experience, mm-hmm. what does it mean? to have gone through cancer? When you're talking to patients, what do you tell them? Well, I think everybody will walk away with, with their own individual meaning. So I think that, you know, asking that, that question to one person will certainly vary um, to mm-hmm. the person 
you know, perhaps sitting next to them, right? If I asked each right. of you that question, you, you, um, I'm sure could write um, books on, on that topic, actually. But <laughs> in fact, um, it was it's very individual. <laughs> yeah, um, it that really said, does. And like you're clearly saying. common. Ex- um, there's, you know, clearly common experiences after going through breast cancer, and I think that um, when you process those experiences and then integrate them into your current life and who you are now, um, who you were before, and how these experiences in, in some way, um, you know, or perhaps in many ways have affected you, how you view yourself and, and your life and, um, you know, your, your future. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking to patients, how, you know, there's, like you said, we, they all, everybody reacts differently. Mm-hmm. How does that sense of meaning vary from person to person? Do you have some examples of, of how one person might take it and someone else might, might accept that meaning? I, sure. I'm just sure. trying to get to the heart uh, of all this. When people, um, you know, the, uh, when people are not, they haven't quite made sense of why it has happened, why, you know, why something has happened to them. It's very different um, from, you know, why did this happen to me? Why me? What did, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. Bad things always seem to happen to me um, versus someone who has said, okay, this there are, there are things that I cannot control or there are things that, um, that have happened that have not, not every experience has been something that I would have asked for, but mm-hmm. because of this experience, I now am able to, you know, my relationship with these people in my life has, mm-hmm. has been strengthened or I feel more comfortable in who I am or I now don't, uh, I no longer, I've decided that I no longer want to go to this job that was unfulfilling <laughs> and that I was making sacrifices that I didn't want to make and I've now... Um, kind of found a, a new purpose professionally. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different ways where people are able to take their um, their experiences and and um, come to a place where they um, have interpreted you know a meaning into mm-hmm. what what it meant for them to go through you know what it was like you know and when you're going through and anytime you're going through a period where there's suffering involved when you can find that sense of why, right, or, or um, why um, fighting, right, why yeah. um, going to try to make it through, it makes it that much easier to, um, and more motivating to, to try to make it through. Yeah. You know, I, I so get that because, you know, I, as you heard in my intro, I'm a four-time breast cancer survivor, mm-hmm. and four times. each mm-hmm. time I've gone through it, each time I've gone through it, I've asked, I, you know, I, I kind of turn it inward, and I've, I've always asked the same question, okay, Lord, what am I supposed to learn this time? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, like, it's like the first time, okay, I got the first time, that was, that. I mean, it hit me like a ton of bricks, but it was a, a very clear message, and the second time was even pretty clear. The third time was a little bit more difficult, and it took a, a special meeting in our office to actually hear what I was supposed to get from that. This time was a struggle too, because this time was pretty recent. And but every time I ask that question, what am I supposed to learn from this? The answer comes through. And once that answer comes through, it all makes sense to me. And I know that sounds completely weird, but it sort of goes along with what you were just saying that, you know, some people ask why me? And and I will ask that, but I'll listen for the answer and try to 
find, you know, what is it I'm supposed to learn? And that's what, what I try to teach people when I go out and speak. And I know that's a big part of Sharon's messaging to, to people as well. So, um, so I, yeah, you're right. If you can embrace it somehow, I think that you, you can get through it easier. Absolutely. It sounds like that doing so has really brought a sense of peace that had not been there when you were asking those questions to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's Definitely. very true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I know that you had a couple questions you wanted to ask Sharon and me particularly. Did you, did you want to ask those now or? Yeah. I mean, I am, I'm just, um, Everything, you know, in your bio, everything that you have done in the past, you know, over two decades since mm-hmm. first um, your first cancer diagnosis or first being diagnosed with, with breast cancer, um, that, I am guessing, was not you, say, 25 years ago, right? Oh, not Correct. at all. Yeah, yeah. And, all, yeah, too. I'm curious, um, you know, on a very general level, just because we could spend an hour talking about this with each of you, <laughs> um, you know, how, how, how um, being diagnosed with cancer um, one time, multiple times, how that has, um, you know, how that has affected your, how your sense of meaning Well, Sharon, why don't you go first, since you were the first of the two of us to get diagnosed, why don't you... What's fascinating about that question is um, when I was diagnosed, um, I think I've always, at least from the time that my mom passed away, I really um, embraced the idea that it was really important for me to make a difference. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, just smiling at somebody can make a difference. I'm not saying that that doesn't, but in a bigger way, I felt like there was something inside of me that I needed to do. But again, you know, you're working, you're raising your kids, you're just busy and whatever, and life goes on. And uh, until my diagnosis, and then really after my diagnosis, when my doctor asked me if I wouldn't mind talking to a few of his patients, um, Mm -hmm. that this kind of concept opened up for me. And then, you know, when my friend Becky was diagnosed, uh, uh, what, it was like three years later, right, Becky? Yeah, um, three years. Uh-huh. You know, it, it, it just, it, it, it felt like that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to do this. And, and I mm-hmm. do believe that, you know, God has a plan. Sometimes it's tricky to figure out what that plan is. But, you know, it felt like from that gut level that that's a piece of, what I was supposed to do in my life. And so breast friends, um, the, the fact that we had the guts to do it is a whole <laughs> nother thing. I'm not it's sure. All, that's what a we, whole other topic too, right? That oh, is yeah. a whole nother yeah. because, mm-hmm. because having the idea is one thing, but actually, you know, putting it into place and working it for this 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> and leaving corporate jobs and, you know, mm-hmm. that whole piece of it, it's a lot. Um, but it honestly has always felt like what I was designed to do. So I feel very blessed to be able to do it. It's amazing what we have to go through to find what that purpose is, though, sometimes. I mean, you know, you knew you were always, mm. that that was always part of your 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 DNA, Sharon, was to right. you know, give back in that way. And, and it took cancer kind of to bring it full circle, exactly. you know, for you. And, um, and, and that's, that's probably how we got so well connected, because when I went through cancer three years later, 
she was, because of her awesome DNA and all of this, she really <laughs> reached out to me to make sure I didn't go through this alone. And, you know, prior to that, when she went through it, I was one of those friends who said, gosh, if there is anything I can do, let me know. I had no idea what to do to help her. You know, right. we were all we were all 40 and none of yeah. us had really experienced it in our circle of friends and, mm-hmm. and you don't know what to do. And for me, I was busy, like Sharon, raising my family and I had five kids and you know, it was just it was a lot, a lot of work. But um, it was, but it took my diagnosis for her to reach out to me, and that's when I finally realized that I had been kind of a, a lousy friend to her, not intentionally. I just didn't know what to do, and and now you have this experience, and and you just and it kind of really started to hit me too that this is mm-hmm. I think we're we're supposed to do something with this. And the day we had that first conversation, that was the beginning of that conversation. Is we're spo- I think we're supposed to do something with our with our right. combined journey, you know, mm-hmm. and and you start kind of putting the pieces together. And that day over lunch, the whole concept, well, it was started. The concept was started. Mm-hmm. It was birthed. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but, and there's you know, so many we, things that you both mentioned that I think are such common experiences, right? When yeah. you have a friend who's diagnosed, a lot of people say, oh, I didn't, you know, my friends don't really know what to say or to do. Um, I know that they care, but, but, um, and it takes, I hear this a lot, and that in, mm-hmm. unless you've gone through it, um, you just don't know, right? Yeah, so you have no it clue. took that as a catalyst um, mm-hmm. for, you know, that lunch. Um, yeah, and Marnie, but, you know what's interesting about mm-hmm. that is, share, we both had a different perspective on that. Sharon, um, her perspective was she didn't want other patients to go through it alone like she had. And mm-hmm. my perspective mm-hmm. was I didn't want the friends to be uneducated and not have a clue how to help. So when we when we first created Breast Friends, the, the original thought was we'd teach the friends and family how to support their loved ones. But Sharon's DNA was like, mm, no, we gotta, I, I got to work with the patients. So yeah. It, it, yeah. over the course of a year, we, it, everything evolved, and now we do both. So, you know, right. when we and go out and speak. And sometimes our meaning, our sense of meaning, our sense of purpose yes. will evolve. Yes, right? as, and that's as exactly what it is. Certainly mm-hmm. these, these different perspectives, but also over time as, as – um, is you interpret things differently, that that will naturally happen. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? It's time for a break. We got through okay. that first segment just in time here. So we are going to take a break. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one 
is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about finding meaning in the cancer experience with um, with our guest, Marnie Enselam. And Marnie, you know, it's interesting because that last piece we were talking about and, and just saying finding meaning in the cancer experience, I find it fascinating because I... It, I I don't know, I couldn't probably find it during the cancer experience, mm. but not mm-hmm. till later. So right. I don't know. Do you want to, do you want to talk about that for just oh, well, a I second? Think, I think that's a very common experience. I think you're so caught up while you're going through treatment of right. getting, you know, getting all of the um, information that you need to make decisions. And then of course, feeling good, taking care of the, your day to day in your, in your families, um, as well as just, you know, managing the symptoms and getting to appointments. So you're really just thinking about the day-to-day um, and how it's affecting uh, your life in that moment. Of course, thinking ahead um, during that time, but then um, ref- that reflection often happens afterwards. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's one of the reasons that um, Breast Friends started the Thriving Beyond Cancer um, retreats mm-hmm. and workshops is because a lot of people that we would discuss uh, their cancer experience felt very stuck, very unfulfilled at that point. Yeah. And we're really trying to kind of um, process the emotions that they went through during the cancer uh, experience, but really didn't have the bandwidth to, I I guess, get through them at that point. They really needed that time and energy to be able to do it later. And um, so that's why the those retreats and workshops have been created and they are so well received. Um, I bet they are. I bet they are. You guys are, are doing something great by doing that. I hear that a lot in my um, post-treatment support groups that a lot of people never would have thought of coming in during treatment, but they're so happy that this is a resource now when when yes. they're really ready to to get into it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what are the benefits of finding meaning? Well, that's kind of a if, biggie. If you're, <laughs> yeah, that feeling of not like when um, you were describing, you know, the the recurrence and not really having a sense of wh- how to how to make sense of all of this. It it leads to a bit of angst, right? And um, when you are able to find meaning, um, it brings about a 
sense, or it makes it, I guess, facilitates a sense of peace and, um, you know, transcending the, the struggles and connecting with something that is, you know, that is a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are big ideas right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we could have a, a show just on that particular <laughs> sentence, I think. Um, but, but let's put it into context. So where mm-hmm. did this focus on finding meaning come from? Yeah, so there is a very influential thinker, um, writer, um, psychiatrist from um, the last century named Viktor Frankl. Um, he is um, somebody who during World War II um, had spent several years in various um, Nazi concentration camps. And something that greatly influenced his work um, was his observations that those who are able to survive these horrible conditions um, were those that typically found some greater meaning in, in, their, in their suffering, such as a task that they needed to fulfill, right, to see their loved one um, or to pass something on. In his case, I think it was um, a manuscript that um, had been confiscating just, just to survive to, to recreate that. Um, so he then, after, after, um, he was liberated, um, in 1946, he published a very influential book, Man's Search for Meaning, a recommended reading for everyone. I think everybody will be able to, to pull something from that incredible, it's amazing. Um, text. Yes. um, but he, um, in, in that, he had several very important ideas, and one that um, really guides all of this is that those who have the why to live can bear with almost any how. Mm, I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really good. That's mm-hmm. very powerful. And and how can how can meaning be addressed in therapy? I guess that's what you do, basically, right? Sure, and, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Victor Frankl had developed um, a school of psychotherapy called um, Logotherapy, and um, in that it was, it was a pretty active um, and directive form of therapy in which um, really like healthy populations um, had. Um, really questioned and um, into really address the that existential um, idea of meaning, um, but in the past decade or so, there's been a team of um, psychiatrists and psychologists over at Memorial Sloan Kettering that have um, developed another um, offshoot of of um, therapy that is developed to address these issues and um, largely in oncology populations, though it can certainly be extended beyond there. Um, and that type of therapy is called meaning-centered psychotherapy. Mm, okay. And, and oh, sorry, Becky, you had yeah, a question. Okay. Did you? Yeah, I just, I, can you put a, give us a definition of what that means? Just if we wanted to put it in a nutshell or a quote sure. or something. Well, meaning-centered psychotherapy is meant to help patients to look for meaning in their past, in their present, and in their future um, through um, teaching, answering questions. Um, it's a pretty active form of, of therapy in that you're doing homework assignments and okay. discussing things with your therapist. Um, it really helps um, patients use the meaning in their life to, great, to gain a greater sense of purpose 
It is not necessarily um, answering the question, what meaning does cancer have to you, which I know that's something that we were, we were focused on at the beginning. That's, that's right. part of it, but it's also right. greater than that, right? Yeah. What is your sense of meaning at any given time in your life? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's because, you know, we all kind of look at things so differently. And, and so does this, do you find that some people kind of naturally do that or, and then can it be enhanced through this, this therapy or oh, yeah, is it? it can absolutely, it can be enhanced in all of us. So this is something okay. that um, we all could benefit from just having gone, and this is, mm-hmm. this is a form of therapy that I have been trained in recently and okay. um, it is, it's something that we all can grow from. Wonderful. Sounds fascinating. Yeah, it really does. So if if somebody was coming to you, what kind of things would happen in in that type of therapy? What what would you do and how do you So it is um an empirically validated treatment and manualized meaning it's it's pretty structured as far as how sessions mm-hmm would go. Um, okay. so, so I can't answer, actually answer that question, what, what would happen. Now, of course, it can always be adapted to, of course, the needs, the circumstances, mm-hmm. and the situation. If you only have a certain amount of time to work together, for example. But typically, the work is done in about seven to eight sessions. Sometimes okay. it's done individually. Sometimes it can be done in a group format. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is addressing some different topics such as um, what are your sources of meaning, what, um, why does meaning matter to you, what is, you know, and, and pulling from your story, um, your attitudes, and, and um, then taking some part, there's an aspect of creativity in there too, and okay. um, connecting it to your hopes and your future. Mm, so do you do you kind of go through like the your spiritual life, your career life, your family mm-hmm. life, all of Absolutely. those things? Absolutely, you okay. you can do that. Um, so there's um, different sources of meaning, and the um, I'll kind of outline what those are. So experiences, uh, there's the four different types: are experiences, attitude, creativity, and historical. Um, so experiences are um, your relationships, your senses. Um, um, your emotions, um, attitude is the attitude that you take toward um, your experiences with cancer in this mm-hmm. case and more existential types of um, um, ideas, um, certain uh, ideas about the future. Um, and another type of meaning is creativity, which is what you've done in your life, really, the, your mm-hmm. works, your, um, you know, how you've... Um, and, you know, I guess your output, really, um, and then historical, and that also takes into account um, your your community, your family, um, who you are as an individual, mm-hmm. and the idea of legacy and the legacy um, both in the past, well, in all the past, mm-hmm. present, and as well as future. Well, I hear That's, some very common threads. Yeah, 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 definitely. What Sharon and I teach, because <laughs> I talk a lot about legacy, and, and Sharon goes through a lot of the spiritual career. I mean, we just, mm-hmm. so I, I hear kind of an undertone here. Maybe we should get certified, Sharon, to do this. So. I know. Because I, <laughs> yeah, I bet we can learn from it. I don't, I don't yeah, know if when I, I to- When I did the training, there were, well, first of all, there was people that came in from all over the world. To, to get wow. the training, but um, a lot of other therapists, but not everybody was a therapist that was there. There yeah. was clergy, oh, there 
Um, there were a few researchers that were there that um, are planning to integrate that into some of the work that they're, nice. they're doing in university. Yeah. So it's, um, it has a lot as of long, um, applications. Yeah, yeah, as long as I don't have to be a therapist to do it, yeah. I would love to. It sounds <laughs> right up my alley for yeah, sure. For sure. <laughs> so how effective is it? What kind of, This kind of therapy, how effective you know, what are some of the successes that well, you've that, seen? Well, I mean, that I can answer because it was, you know, it was developed in basically in a setting in which it was all being tested all the way through. So the research has been very strong that meaning-centered psychotherapy is effective, um, measured across a variety of outcomes and different um, patient populations. But it's mm-hmm. been shown, generally speaking, to decrease depression um, reduce anxiety and improve quality of life, um, enhance spiritual well-being. So all very desirable outcomes. Yeah. Um, and in cancer, um, especially those um, who are facing terminal illness, uh, meaning center psychotherapy um, helps to reduce the desire to die, and it directly um, mm. addresses um, sense of hopelessness. Wow. So mm-hmm. I've got to jump in here um, sure. because one of the things that I am um, working on, working toward, is to work with the um, 55 and older population, especially mm-hmm. women, um, on finding their purpose. Um, because mm-hmm. as we know, sometimes we get to a place in our life and we retire and we like go away, you know, our uh, uh, physically, mentally, everything. We just kind of shut down. It's like, okay, yeah. we've done we've done what we need to do. And I don't believe that at all. I believe if you mm-hmm. have a sense of purpose and you um, can use that wisdom that you've um, used to, to attain it all those years um, and then be able to turn around and either help other people or... Um, get involved in your favorite nonprofit or whatever it is. Um, I think that you can live a, a much healthier, long uh, quality of life. So, yep, and Sharon, that, I, the research oh, supports that as well, right? Yeah. When we shut down, that does not have good outcome on, on us yeah. at all. Exactly. Right. I mean, how many stories do you hear? You know, so and so retired and six months later they died, or two years later they died, yeah. you know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Sharon, why don't you share yeah. the story, obviously with no names, of the woman that um, you talked to about her dream versus her husband's dream? Oh, yeah. That was a fascinating thing. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she was diagnosed uh, stage four metastatic disease. And uh, the first time I sat down and really had a long conversation with her, you know, to kind of get to know her a little better. And <clears throat> we're talking more, more about life rather than just her cancer. Um, she was telling me about her husband's business and it was a restaurant and she loved it and all this kind of stuff. And she spent all of her time basically, um, helping, helping her husband in his business. And Mm -hmm. I said, Oh my gosh. And, and this wasn't too far, too long after I'd gone through life coaching certification. So that was very, you know, um, uh, strong in my mind. And so I'm saying, well, Was that your dream or was that your husband's dream? And she said, oh, yeah, no, it was it was my husband's dream. He'd always wanted to have a restaurant and all this kind of stuff. And I Mm -hmm. stopped and I said, so what's your dream? 
You troublemaker. <laughs> I know, I know. And, you know, the, the sad part about that is that was probably the first time anyone had asked her that question. Right. And she was facing mortality at that yeah. point. Okay. Um, and and it was it was kind of kind of eye opening really and uh, and and sad in a way um, because you know she probably didn't have time to live her dream which was unfortunate. And you know what that and, just reminds me, Sharon, is it doesn't matter how old we are. I mean, we can. Sharon and I are well over fifty-five now, and <laughs> and we're and we're still doing what we do, but we're also stepping back just a little bit because we both still have things that we want to do personally that maybe are related to all of this, but not necessarily exactly this. And you know, it's it's never too late to try to identify what those things are and. And right. that's kind of what I'm what I'm hearing. What you're telling us, because this is your your um, this kind of therapy is not just good for cancer patients. It's good for for everyone, from what I'm gathering. Is that Absolutely. correct? Absolutely. Absolutely, and and that point of it, it's never too late. Now it might be too late to go out and you know start that business that you wanted to do at certain points in your life or for various other reasons. Mm-hmm. But there are still ways in which that sense of meaning and that sense of purpose can be realized, recognized, mm-hmm. and um, attained, on, you know, and modifying it according to what the, the situation is, right? Yeah, so if somebody yeah. is in their, their final years, days even, right, just helping them, um, find, you know, get to a place where they're, um, they're feeling, you yeah. know, their sense of of meaning from this is is um, something that they're you know, they found some some peace with. You right. know, I, I met a woman one time who was about I'm going to guess probably in her late seventies, early eighties. And when I asked that question, what would she you know what would she have loved to you know do in her life that she hasn't done yet? And she mm-hmm. said, "Be a prima ballerina." Well, <laughs> I'm I'm thinking that's probably not likely at her age. But you know what we did talk about was what about kind of adopting a student that has that dream to be a ballerina, a young child who doesn't have the means, and maybe get her a pair of ballet shoes. or Right, there's so many know, ways in which that dream yeah. can be yeah. modified. According yeah, to she what can live it vicariously. Is, right? Or she could yeah. maybe get up on stage at some, you know, to talk to the ballet school and, and seeing yeah. if there's, there's some way that she can, you know, uh, you know, do you, there, there, there's ways in which all of that yeah. can be um, yeah, absolutely, you know, can yeah. be realized and on, yeah. you know, by modifying. Yeah, mm-hmm. looking outside the box. Well, we are uh-huh. we are out of time for this second segment. We're we're going to take a break. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. 
For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about finding meaning in the cancer experience with our guest, Marnie Anselm. And um, I just wanted to get some uh, uh, some additional examples, maybe, Marnie, of how you've used this, this um, therapy to find meaning. Can you kind of give us a couple of those? Sure. Um, it can be, a, you know, very directive where we, um, where we explore. But I really think that a lot of this a lot of the essence of it is, are, you know, can be um, can be modified and um, adapted in how we approach our own lives. Um, I've seen this a lot in support groups. My um, support groups that are not specifically meaning centered psychotherapy support groups, though I would love to to run that um, as well. But um, where. Um, people are sharing ideas about how they're doing something now that is that is that they're finding greater meaning in. Right, volunteer work. Um, a lot has to do with animals. A lot of people. I think you know yeah. you were mentioning before about um, about the self esteem class and um, how people are um, are channeling that into a, a purpose um, as they as they graduate from the class, but. Um, I hear a lot of people say, "Well, I've I've been through this, and I'm so grateful for you know the people that I that were here for me personally, the people that I see here at the center all the time that were so helpful. I want to find ways in which I can volunteer here. Right. I want mm-hmm. to um, start um, a, an organization or start there are a lot of you know people with ideas about things that they'd like to start, but." People looking for ideas of things that they could that they could join into as well, mm-hmm. um, and just also just on a very general level, you know, I think you were talking about um, just you know being there for someone and, and uh, just saying hello and holding the door. I think sometimes just in support groups when people um, you know hear that somebody has a question or is you know is having a hard time um, with something emotionally, just really just being there and letting them know, yeah, I, I know what that's like, or 
gosh, it sounds like this is, you know, this is, this is a hard time for you. Just offering themselves to, to someone else, just being, you know, being present for somebody else mm-hmm. during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, huge. offering and that they empathy. they are finding meaning mm-hmm. from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Just offering that empathy and just being present. And mm-hmm. I think... Um, Willing and able to talk when they are ready to talk is huge. You know, I think huge. just giving them the that safe place where they can um, share whatever's going on in their in their life. I mean, as we know, with cancer and a lot of other you know traumatic events that happen in our life. Um, uh, our regular life keeps going on, whether right, whether we right. have cancer or not. <laughs> you know, no, cancer um, doesn't really look at your calendar to see when a good time no. to come would be. <laughs> it right? sure doesn't, does it? You know, you still have teenagers to raise. You still have you know work that needs to be done. You still have mm-hmm. money that needs to be brought into the house to pay bills. I mean, you know, it goes on and on and on. So, right. um, yeah, that's that's pretty tricky. So. Um, I'm curious about what steps, I mean, because not everybody's going to be able to go through this meaning-centered psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, like, just steps that maybe somebody could try on their own uh, to to Um, start this? Well, I think doing any amount of reflection on, um, you know, asking yourself about the meaning or thinking about a meaningful time um, in in their life and really just kind of going from there and, and, and just doing some reflection, like, you know, what about that was meaningful? Um, and, and, um, you know, doing some processing on their own is always a good thing. That can also be done through journaling. That can be done through talking to, um, you know, to someone in your life that can also be done, of course, um, with a therapist as well, who even one who has not been specifically trained, um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, would not have the, have the same structured protocol, but um, there of can certainly be gains from just exploring um, meaning and in any sense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that experiential sense of meaning, mm-hmm. um, your your uh, that you can find meaning and choose your attitudes towards suffering. Sort of that idea about you know that that Viktor Frankl had had written about. Um, so those are things that people can do on their own. Um, I believe the um, the manuals for meaning center psychotherapy are available um, online. Um, I did not confirm that before coming here, but I believe you can you can find them. Um, oh, good. That's by good to know. For meaning center psychotherapy, they I, are more delivery manuals, I believe. Um, so it might be a little bit um, jargony, but but you can get the idea. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, I want to. I want to just kind of as a reminder that you can also do this through spiritual reflection. I mean, just one of the things, like as I mentioned earlier, is just saying, "Lord, what am I supposed to learn from this?" And that's that's always been really helpful to me to just kind of be able to figure out from that perspective. It's what what am, <laughs> am I going the wrong direction here? There, you know? there is a lot of overlap when we're talking about finding mm-hmm. meaning and the, you know these mm-hmm. existential types of ideas and that can mm-hmm. you know, overlap between what can happen in therapy as well as what right. can happen um, through through spiritual reflection, no yeah. doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hear Makes that a sense. lot um, from yep. from other people as well. Good. Yeah. 
That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And to me, I mean, to me, it starts with our values too. Does this, does this meaning centered psychotherapy uh, talk about your, your personal values and then kind mm-hmm. of taking it a step further? Absolutely. It's, it's, okay, always, it's very individually focused. So of okay. course we bring our own values, our own history, right? The meaning of a cancer diagnosis varies from one person to another based on where they are, um, where they are in life, um, with their with their family relationship status. Of course, the um, the diagnosis themselves, their own family cancer history. So if, if a close family member um, had, you know, if they've lost someone close to them, um, that that would affect them, you know, of course, um, and affect how they in- interpret um, mm-hmm. the diagnosis. And there's, mm-hmm. there's so many ways in which um, uh, this whole experience is very individual, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Makes sense. Now, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I know why I would want to, train this uh, or, or help people through this process mm-hmm. because that's kind of what I do a little bit, not not as a, a, a precise as you do with this protocol, mm-hmm. but what made you want to do this? Um, knowing, I think that gets back to my, you know, my huge, uh, I guess, focus on individuals' um, ability and skills in, in coping and in resilience. And there's a huge amount of overlap. The things that, that contribute to that are a lot of attitudinal um, types of factors. And, um, again, the individual differences, how we all respond to, to something, right? It might be the same diagnosis. Two different people um, might have very different um, interpretations and reactions and um, right, and if if um, someone is having a hard time um, coming through it emotionally because they're not, um, you know, they haven't really integrated this experience into their sense of of you know identity and their their right. future, um, that's very different than someone who has you know had a lot more. Um, you know, there's been a lot more acceptance. There's been a lot more, um, I, I know, integrating into into their their sense of of self, really. Yeah, so, yeah. I, yeah. I kind of kid people when they say, "Oh, I'm fine," you know, blah, you know, <laughs> and just take it. And I'm like, "Yeah, isn't denial wonderful?" <laughs> you know, it can be, and denial can be very adaptive, but <laughs> it's not long lasting. Anything that we yeah. repress and that we don't really acknowledge, we'll come back at some point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's what I tell them, too. I said, you know, it's really helpful right now. It's a great mm-hmm. coping mechanism. But just letting you know that it'll come in back and bite you if you really don't deal with, you know, some of mm-hmm. the emotions that we've, <laughs> that we've absolutely. repressed. <laughs> and so I think anyway. you guys are great models for that. Um, certainly just sharing your own experiences, you, which you do um, on so many of the top, or whatever, whoever, whatever guest you have on your show, there's something that you can contribute from your own experiences mm-hmm. and um, your reflections and certainly your reflections and um, the meaning in, in um, how you reflect on things changes over time. 
right? Yeah. As it's yeah. been longer, um, as you've seen more, as, as there's been recurrences, you know, it, all of this evolves. I think one of you had used that word um, earlier, yep. but there's yep. absolutely, absolutely an evolution. And, and being in touch with it is, is um, just it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So, Becky, I think you had a couple questions before we lose uh, the rest of our show here. Yeah, we're almost we're, done. Yeah, we're almost done. But um, I did okay. want to ask, now, you've been a guest on our show before, and I know that mm-hmm. the subject at that point was insomnia. And, Marnie, yeah. I, I don't remember the exact date that we did that show, but it was really good. And if anyone, if you want to hear that show, just type in the search box. I think if you type in insomnia, it'll come up. But it was sometime in 2016. But mm-hmm. are there some other training programs that you offer that we can maybe let people know about before we, we get off the air? Um, the types of things that I'm offering right now are, are more just local um, okay. you know, to, to people who are in my area. Um, I run several groups. I'm, I'm running a, um, a program actually later today on a managing fear of recurrence, um, okay. which you know is, a, is another topic that we could spend a lot of time um, talking about as well, mm-hmm. and I will be doing yeah. that later today. But I think when you recognize that something is um, a, um, an issue for you or something that you're interested in, there are we live in an age, we live in a great age to be a, a, a cancer survivor. Um, mm-hmm. The same services were not offered um, several decades back. And, yeah, a certain, true. A certain, and also the Internet makes things, um, there's certainly pros and cons, but it makes things a lot more accessible. Well, Marnie, I think we might have to have you on for a third time, and we'll talk about fear of recurrence, because that's a whole <laughs> big topic all by itself. All by so yeah. I want to thank you so much for being on our show. We do have to go off the air here in a minute, and I, I want to just remind our listeners to um, visit our website, too. We're, we're at breastfriends.org. We have a lot of great ideas on there um, for talking to your doctor, things that friends and family can do to, to help during the journey. There's a lot of great uh, information. Um, also, just by looking, listening around in our archives, we have a lot of really great shows, like the Insomnia show was wonderful, but we have a lot of great guests and very appropriate topics to learn about. So, you know, mess around there in our in our um, archives and, and just, you know, search for different kinds really of things do. and you'll find. Yeah, we really, well, thank you. That means you're listening to them. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> and also for our listeners, if you love this show as much as we love doing it, we'd really encourage or invite you to support this program on our website at breastfriends.org. There's a big blue button at the top of the page. Please go on there, uh, click that button and make a donation because your donations help support not only this program, but everything else that we do um, for our patients. So uh, that's, that's a really, it's a big source of our, of our income to keep everything that we do free for our patients. So um, yeah, make that, make that donation. And just a reminder, we will be back next week because we're always here and remember, there is always hope, and we're here to help you find it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.